welcome to Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. Duncan Trussell and I were in the middle of an amazing conversation before we realized we had gone over the time, but that conversation was just too good to end. Join me and Duncan as we continue on today's podcast talking about money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges. I wonder, because you have a son coming in the next week, what what would you want him to, like, what would you want to make sure you impart to him about, mm. like, not wearing the mask or holding that space for him to be whoever he is? Mm. Like, is there, I mean, you probably, I don't know if you've thought about it, but you, you, know, you said pre- it and your question was the answer. Holding the space for him to be whoever he is. Right. That is the answer. And, and to, and, and, and it's a beautiful answer because it's a, it's an implicit understanding of compassion, which you have because compassion, it doesn't function in a tight space for compassion to work. You need a lot of emptiness. You need a lot of spaciousness. So uh, and and compa- within a, a field of compassion, anybody from child to elderly person, from being born person to dying person, will uh, heal, will have a full stomach, so to speak. So, but to get that kind of space uh, for another, you would have to figure out a way to have that space for yourself. That would be the first step to figure out, you know, what in this house of my identity do I need and don't need? What here is real and what here is not real? And now you're in like the hoarders TV show. Only you're the wonderful person who's coming to the house and saying, (laughs) you know, I don't necessarily think we need (laughs) 7,000 my little pony figurines here. I don't think we need uh, stacks and stacks and stacks of newspapers from the mid nineties. I don't think that we need all this. And you'll see the negotiations that the hoarder has. And similarly, uh, if a person begins to explore themselves, Mm -hmm. they will begin to have the same kinds of, weird resistances. Oh, I can't let go of that. Right. I can't let go of being a comedian. I can't let go of being a podcaster. I can't let go of being an accountant. I can't let go of being straight. I can't let go of being gay. I can't let go of being a man. I can't let go of being a woman. I can't let go of being an American. Right. I can't let go of this or that. That's called attachment. Right. And if we let go, we might really find some amazing things, but it's scary. Yeah in that moment that we let go or that we surrender or to the situation, like there's gotta be a trust or we have to know our goodness or something because it's scary. Mm. Mm. That's it. Trust. You gotta That's tr- the key. Trust. Trust. And, 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 and also the other thing, knowing the goodness. Yeah. Cause the idea is that what we are is fundamentally good. Right. And, and, and you hear this day and night from all kinds of, people who don't seem that good at all. And so there might be a feeling since the messenger of that sometimes has had qualities that don't seem like the qualities you would expect from a good person. You think, well, that's just a bunch of carnival barkers, snake oil salesmen, hogwash. And that is a exact, that is, that's called, so that's called discernment or progena is the name for that. It's a very good thing to think because 
you don't want someone to just come up to you and be like, you're fundamentally good. Right. That doesn't do anything at all. At all. You're still exactly the way you were before the person said you're fundamentally good. Right. You would have to begin to look into yourself or look into your situation to determine is that true or not. Right. But if you heard it enough times, you might think, hmm, maybe it's maybe they mean it. Maybe they're not just selling snake oil. Right. And at that point, you could begin a kind of mining operation. It's very similar. Like, you know, if we were property owners in some other part of the country mm-hmm. and some prospector came to our property and maybe it was our uncle and had made lots and lots of money from mining oil or gold or some kind of ore and looked at our land and said, oh, I am telling you, because I've done this so many times, there is oil on your land. All the signs are there. Right. I'm telling you, there's oil here. And then he left. Now it will be up to you. Do you trust that there is oil because this person said that to you? And if you did trust, you would have to start working. Now you have to start prospecting. Right. Now you have to start mining. Now you have to start excavating. Now you have to get the equipment if there was equipment to it. Now you have to start studying and reading and what would be the process. And from that, if the person who had said this to you was not a charlatan, then you would suddenly become a very, very wealthy person. And that would be quite exciting, I would say. Or scary. Uh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you'd be amazed at how many people that I have clients that end up coming into a lot of money and they either spend it all to get back to their comfortable balance mm. or they panic that everybody's going to judge them because they maybe don't deserve it. So you would think mm. that people would be excited by lots and lots of money. There you go. The not deserving part is really good. And again, it's just that not deserving part would be that you, in other words, like if I, if I, Imagine how what a crazy situation a bar of gold would be in. Right. If the bar of gold thought it didn't deserve gold. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. What a neurotic bar of gold. And also the bar I feel of, like silver. Well it'd start putting on clothes. That's the first thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> start wearing clothes. Maybe you'd put on a nickel mask. So exactly. go around. And every once in a while if a little bit of that gold sparkled out of it, if it had surrounded itself by other neurotic bars of gold then the other neurotic bars of gold, gold would see that sparkle and they'd be like, who do you think you are Right. with that? Don't you understand the reality of where we're at right now? We're starving here. Do you not see that? Stop being golden. Stop oh, sparkling. Yeah. And you're just, the reason you're sparkling like that is because of your privilege. The reason you're <laughs> sparkling like that is because you got lucky. Right. The reason you're sparkling like that is because you went inherited it yeah. the reason you're spark so so the problem is if you if if you found if you were a bar of gold that was wearing clothes in a mask and you found yourself at a masquerade party surrounded by many 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 bars of gold who were wearing masks and clothes uh in the same way that if we were to go out into the street and take our clothes off we would be arrested there might be some sense of danger should suddenly you disrobe and reveal that in fact you are from bottom to top, gold. Gold. Golden. <laughs> oh, boy. Right? That's like really scary. For, so I, so that's, where, that's where people have that shame uh, yeah. associated with it. Got to get rid of it. Nobody can know I'm golden. Nobody can see. I'm not allowed to see my goodness. You definitely can't see my goodness. That's right. Um, yeah. Right? And even if everybody tells me I'm good, 
that's a projection as well. At the end of the day, I got to know it. Mm. I have to somehow inherently trust or believe in my goodness because a million people can tell me I'm good. And if I can't take that in, it doesn't mean anything. You have to start in, in this ridiculous masquerade party example. You would actually have to start. Uh, you would have to have the courage to begin to take off your clothes. And, and, and that takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage for people to do. And, yeah. and, and in the, as you began to do that, you would find yourself, unfortunately, dealing with some judgment because, sure. uh, there's going to be people around you who had gotten used to you as a nickel or a piece of copper or a bit of brass or whatever it was that you were pretending to be. And by them witnessing your identity as a thing of gold, it would make them feel jealous. Right. Because and, they can't own the place where they're gold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can take you out for you showing your gold because I don't have the courage to show my gold. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Or they would say you were a fraud or they would right. say that you had gone nuts or they would say this or that. Or they're, truly this, this, this is a, one of the things that happens. And, I've actually heard spirituality itself being described as in, uh, like a good sign as embarrassment. If you start feeling embarrassed uh, quite often in this particular form of excavation, that's a good sign. That, that, that's a sign that you're getting very close to the gold. And <clears throat> another way to put it might be, imagine if everyone had a rising sun in their heart and the sun was was so beautiful. Everyone loves the sunrise, but in this situation, in some society, the rising sun was like farting or something. You know wow. what I mean? <laughs> right. Embarrassing. Not, not so, yeah. Oh God. Oh no. Not so that. If so, what? What? The the other wonderful thing about this form of excavation, I think, is that, um, and also maybe not so wonderful, is there's no going back. Right. Once you start, once you start, you start. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does sort of suck a little when you realize you don't get to go back. Yeah. And then, at least for me, I know I don't want to go back. But sometimes I wished I didn't. Once you know, you can't unknow it. Yeah. And it sometimes that sucks. Yeah. It, it really. It really can be quite. Uh, it, it could be a little uncomfortable because there there is dis, the, the process of disrobing. There's the process of you know, coming into as you are and, 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 uh, you know, there's a whole culture of not doing that. And, 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 and there's so many stages you could become a missionary. You could, you could become someone running around the masquerade party mm -hmm. screaming. There's a conspiracy. <laughs> We're all wearing masks. Do you not see there's a conspiracy. They don't want us to know who we are. You could do that. That's the conspiracy theorist. Or you can start going around being like, I was told by the Lord that we should all take our clothes off. <laughs> Get this guy out of my fucking party. Who the fuck is that lunatic, right? <laughs> exactly. Or even worse, you could go around and see the party and be like, look at them wearing their clothes. <laughs> Don't they understand their bars of gold like me? <laughs> oh boy! Now that's just another, right. you know. So, so there's all these kinds of like things that can start happening within this that are all of them are wonderful because they indicate a, a, a process of excavation. Right. But um, which is why 
uh, when one example of how to sort of uh, do this kind of excavation, they compare like a butterfly landing on a flower. Right. Light touch, light touch. And if a great glimmer of gold comes rushing out of you at some moment, but then the next day the glimmer seems to have gone, don't spend the rest of your life talking about the glimmer that came out of you that one time, which is another thing that can happen. And that's attachment to, to, to the past. And so, and, 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 and so, so that, that's another thing that can happen is people become very attached. And so this is when you hear people talking about, I smoked DMT and went into a realm where I met my ancestors and they told me that we are existing in some kind of hyper-dimensional supercomputer with, in which we have uh, incarnated in the human identity to refine ourselves. And it was a dragon and its eyes were made of diamonds. And they always just talk about the diamond-eyed dragon that told them this or that. It's the same thing. It's, okay, well, you were spoken to by a dragon, but the dragon's not here right now. Right. You're talking to me. And here we are in a room together in this space with our human bodies in this moment. So instead of talking about what the dragon told you, why don't you become the dragon and tell me the wisdom that you have inside of you? I would much prefer that, you know. So that's that's another thing to watch out for is to getting stuck in the past. And I think there's a lot of fear around authentic connection because that's really when you're in the moment and becoming the dragon, instead of talking about the dragon, that's actually authentic connection. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they'd rather present because mm. <laughs> it feels safer. That's right. There's a vulnerability in just being in the moment. There's a wonderful YouTube video where the poet Allen Ginsberg is talking about his meditation teacher who is named Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. And, uh, you, both of them were quite famous and Ginsburg was bitching about his touring schedule to Chogim Trumpa, who also had a touring schedule. <laughs> so you know? no sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, uh, Chogim Trumpa said to Alan Ginsburg was, uh, well, you know, you don't like your tour. You don't like, you don't like your poems. And Ginsburg is like, what do you know about my poetry? And he's like, why don't you, when you're on stage, compose the poems on stage? Why, why are you reciting things that you already wrote? Don't you trust your mind? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and so this, this, this is what happens is we're around all of these wonderful poets. But instead of writing poetry together, we're reciting poetry we wrote years ago. Right. And it's not that that poetry we wrote years ago is bad. It's quite beautiful. But what about now? Right. Doesn't this moment deserve a poem? Doesn't this moment deserve a, some, a song for this moment? I think it does. Yeah. I, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think what you're, for me, what I'm hearing is like, we're all poets. We're all artists. We're all creative beings. And for me, and it's like, we need, I would love to see us nurture that 
mm-hmm. instead of all the presentation. Like, yeah, let's nurture, nurture the poems. Let's nurture the poetry and let's nourish the creativity that we all have that we're, a lot of people have been afraid to share. That's right. And, 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 and the, the, I, it goes back to nurturing mm-hmm. and, it, and, 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 and if to go back to maybe this idea of the nipple and finding the nipple and then the idea of putting your bare ass against the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> What would happen if we were living in a world where many people weren't doing that? Is that so? Okay, so sometimes when people, when it comes to creating, mm-hmm. people feel like they have to exert. Yeah. There's a sense of like, I need to furrow my brow and I need to squeeze out this thing that I'm creating. It's there's much effort there. <clears throat> so like um if I wanted to describe our situation right now, mm-hmm. I easily could, you know, within my ability to use language, I could say, uh, well, we're sitting at a table, there are two microphones, I have this ridiculous, beautiful sculpture someone sent me. I have my computer here, the walls are this kind of dark blue. I could just very clearly describe this moment to you. And it would be correct. And it would be a depiction of this moment. Right. Would I be creating in that moment? Would there be some kind of creation? It would be more of a reflection, I would think. Right. So this, there is maybe a possibility that if you were to have some direct contact with the truth, you would no longer have to exert right. for art to come out of you, but rather you would just have to reflect. It would almost be a natural thing. It would just come out of you. And then you, then this is when the people at the masquerade party <clears throat> start going around and going, he's a genius. It's a genius. We have a ge- genius over here. Everyone, there's a genius look, here. Look. Right? And then now, now what happens in this condition is everyone at the masquerade party starts worshiping the genius. And right. this is what we see in our culture. Right. Absolutely. Which is we have these celebrities that become so incredibly famous and everyone's worshiping them. And then what happens is one of two things. One, which is really quite sad, the celebrity who managed to take the mask off just long enough to beam gold to go through the embarrassment phase and to shine so brightly at this party that it drew everyone's attention. They stood through the jeers. They stood through the finger pointing. They stood through the judgment and they kept glowing and glowing and glowing. And now everyone starts worshiping them. But really in that worship, what is happening is the people are offering them a new mask. Right. And then they put that on and they become the thing that is worshipped. Right. And they expect to be treated like that. And then in that place, suddenly the gold is no longer gleaming. Right. And this is where people are like, boy, what happened to him? It's fucking, wow, he really went down. He lost it. Remember when he was funny? Remember when that- beautiful. Yeah. Golden. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then what's really sad, and we've seen this, is- a person wearing this mask of fame that they've been given by the people 
the mask starts cracking and aging and the people are like, ah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe at some point there was some gold there or something, but that's just a mask. Yeah. Fraud! Yeah. Fraud! I knew it. Look at that. I did. Yeah, right, right. I and, always knew. So the in this case, the anointing <clears throat> of the of the mask of fame, the, the next part of the ritual is the <clears throat> shaming of the mask of fame. And the poor person who has gone through this ridiculous ritual goes through many desperate periods it doesn't understand some of them kill themselves there yeah. but they don't realize that what happened was they disrobed they became who they were they connected with the universe purely something beautiful came out of them and that was all that mattered the money the mansion the car the girls the guys all of it was secondary to that incredible experience of being naked, sitting on the rock of truth. Right. And, and uh, this, uh, this, I think, is what's really quite hopeful because when people are worshiping some genius, really what they're doing is bowing down to a mirror that is reflecting what they really are. Right. And I, for me... It, I can see how it's easy to buy into like getting the worship and getting up on the pedestal. Right. Sure. It's, and I think at least for me, the key thing is if I realize that either I put myself or somebody else has put me on the pedestal is that they compassionately help me get down. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't need friends that'll push me off the pedestal. I don't need people that'll be like, look, is I want pe-. like I surround myself with people that will gently lovingly help me off the pedestal mm. right because i don't want to be there well and also maybe that way of gently helping you off that pedestal is to say look the pedestal is made of gold but look the floor beneath the pedestal is made of gold and look <laughs> the whole thing's gold yeah. and you know in that case the pedestal doesn't if you're on a pedestal great right. you're on a pedestal if you're not on a pedestal Great. Great. You're not on a pedestal. Right. And because there is no pedestal. Right. We, yeah, it's a false hope. Yeah. It's a false hope. It's just what's happening right now in this moment right now is fundamentally good. And in this moment right now is the whole thing. It's the accepting the Emmy. It's the being awarded the star it's saving the world it's whatever the the fantasy is it's happening right now this is it this is it and uh it's good to have people around us who Mm -hmm. remind us of that right absolutely and when did like for people listening when did you start that journey like do you remember that moment of I want to excavate more mm. or like, do you remember? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I mean, for Well, I mean, I could tell you like sort of like overt moments. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. I, I think every single one of us is walking on this, on this is doing this. We're all doing it. Um, <clears throat> uh, so It's cool because you hear, you know, like you'll you'll hear stories like there are people who, uh, 
uh, get enlightened. You'll hear that kind of mm -hmm. story. And, and you'll think, shut the fuck up. Well, I don't yeah. even know what that means. That's Idiot. crazy. And a lot of people, a lot of teachers will say, don't even worry about that. Non don't even think about that. It's just, it's like thinking about like, think about aliens. Think about something you haven't smelled yet. Think about something you haven't, there, it's a, it could be a distraction is all, but yeah. Anyway, I got lucky cause I, um, started, um, uh, working with, uh, the, uh, Ramdas, who's mm -hmm. a spiritual teacher. And I, and, uh, uh, I started practicing and, um, you know, it, it, it helps to have a teacher in all things. Yeah. With comedy, you know, Mitzi always said, you can't teach comedy. This is very similar to meditation <clears throat> in the sense that, um, you can't teach someone to be funny. Right. Uh, but you could teach someone how to like <clears throat> stand on stage if they needed that help. Right. You could teach someone how to, uh, hold a microphone. Some people don't even know how to hold a microphone. Yeah. You could teach people, uh, concepts within comedy, you know, like the structure of a joke, for example. Right. right. You could teach people. Uh, you could give examples of really great comedians and show here's what they did and here's what this person did and here's what that person did. But it wouldn't even matter if you showed that uh, uh, 7 billion terabytes of data about how did you stand up comedy. Right. The only way to become a funny comedian is to get on stage. Right. And start telling jokes. Right. So similarly uh, with meditation, you in the way that when you're at the comedy store as a door guy you probably came there because you're funny you you didn't come there because you weren't you came there because you'd always made people laugh you had something about you that made people laugh and you had this sense of like man i'm funny right more funny than most right and you came there and wherever you came from you might have been the most funny motherfucker ever yeah and everyone, you are the funny one. You are, everyone's like, whoa, boy. Brilliant. Oh, he makes us laugh so hard. And then you get to the comedy store. <laughs> and suddenly you're around people who are like samurai. Right. Brilliant. Brilliant beyond brilliant. Brilliant. Who have been training themselves for decades in this particular art form. And you watch that person, not just on stage, but off stage. And it's almost like you're, you, you might think I could never be like that. That person must have a different brain than I have, that there's this instantaneous, spontaneous transmission of the funniest thing at almost every moment. Right. How could it be? I could never be like that. And I, and a lot of people, I think they just go home. <laughs> like, I'm done. Yeah, I think that's true. That's not for me. And that's a great gift. And it reminds me a lot of what we were talking about before, which is like, if you were to go down into this gold mine that we were talking about, it would be good if you realized like, you know what, there might be gold in there, but I just don't feel like going through the fucking trouble of like getting into that mountain. So if a person doesn't want to go through the trouble of becoming a comedian or being funny and they leave, it's no shame in that. It's yeah, like exactly. You saved yourself so much, exactly. so much suffering. <clears throat> so for me, it was, um, you meet people who have, you know, come into contact with people who are, you know, in this case, uh, Ram Dass met someone called Neem Karoli Baba, 
who was an awakened being. Mm -hmm. And you hear that shit. It sounds like new age, crazy, granola, vegan, faux leather, hacky sack, ultimate bullshit. And of course it must. I mean, it has to, because it's like, what does that even fucking mean? What are you even talking about? That's absolute insanity. Cult, con artists, crazy. Every single reaction a person has to the saying there's an awake, there was an awakened being. Right. Is right. Right. And which is why I love Buddhism, because within it, it says you must test this as though it were gold. Like you have to do the research or so you have to. So, but in this case, I have done the research mm-hmm. and the research I've done is by being in the presence of these people and by listening to them and not just listening to them, but by finally doing what they suggested, which is quite simple, which is to have a meditation practice. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have saved yourself all that time. Well, right. It's, right? It's, it's, well, this is like, that's the journey in comedy. What happens is these very funny people sit alone at their house and they listen to comedy albums and they write notebooks full of jokes and they think, boy, I'm a great comedian. Right. But it's like, you haven't been on stage once, motherfucker. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. So it's so similar. There's parallels, you know, which is that, you know, you can read all these books on, uh, this type of practice or that type of practice or this type of meditation. That's how you could go to a billion fucking seminars and you can go to a billion retreats but ultimately, in the same way that you have to get on stage and just do comedy, just do it. if you have to like have some kind of practice, which is you, you do have to, in my case, the practice I do is a kind of sitting meditation. <clears throat> but for that to happen, I, I needed to be, I needed teachers. Like, right. I had to have people around me who, who guides, mentors. Yeah. And, 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 and who, and who are, who are smart about the way they explain this to me, instead of saying like, if you don't get it, if you don't start meditating, you're fucked or people who meditate are the best or the only way is meditation or right. whatever the fuck it was. Ramdas says, actually, don't even worry. Don't think, worry about meditating. Just be here in this moment. And Neem Kroli Baba, what's so funny is people would, this, he was, I've heard so many amazing stories, but he was just this very incredible being. And people would go and take these classes called uh, Vipassana, which you can still take now. It's a 10 day meditation retreat where you sit and meditate all day long for 10 days. And they would come back to him and he would say, did you learn to meditate? And his, he was such, you know, when you become gold, you're gold. Right. And he was so much gold that whatever the fuck you thought you'd figured out meditating or however you thought you were, whatever, all it just melted in like butter in front of this person. And it was, and, and, and it was a sweet, sweet kind of um, pushing you away from your attachment right. to what had just happened into like being back here again. And so that, uh, that's, that's, you know, I, I, I have a couple of medit- a few teachers and I meditate and have a practice and, uh, and it just started with, um, hearing about it, you know, that okay. there was a possibility and curious and, and getting curious, getting curious. Yeah. Yeah. And getting curious. Yeah. Definitely. You need curiosity. Gotta that's have a, curiosity. It's passion. Another word for it is passion. passion. And, I- and then that's it. And, and also you don't need to be curious. This is the other beautiful part. 
whatever you're curious about, that's good. Right. In other words, because you're curious about playing video games, because you're curious about strippers, right? Because you're curious about whatever it may be, that is where you start. That's where you start. Instead of thinking, oh, I must be degraded because I'm not interested in some pastoral meditative practice. I want to go get laid, hammered or... and laid yeah, why not? and party and be out there and, and be famous and rich and powerful and magnetic. And oh, I want to. So start there instead of having that inside of you. Yeah. And then being like, but, you know, I've heard that that actually is not the solution. Find out yourself. Right. Maybe it is the solution for you. Right. What if that was a nipple? What if there was milk there? And first go where their curiosity tells you. I would only add to that within reason. Within reason. Don't destroy yourself because right. the human body is... It's a really good thing to be a human, and it's a very rare incarnation. So if you have a human body, it means that you've done, from my reality tunnel, it means that you've done a lot of work in the past to Mm -hmm. gain this birth. And so if you have a human body, it's like having a really, really nice computer. And you wouldn't want to take that into a swamp. Right. You wouldn't want to, because you have this very, very nice computer, brand new, high tech, state of the art so to speak and so um we we want to make sure that we keep our body healthy uh but you know you you have to be you have to burn we call it burning off karma right so whatever you know you're gonna have you gotta burn off the karma some of us have a lot to burn off but that's uh, i've been burning (laughs) that shit like crazy Uh, let me ask you this because i know we're getting we're we're coming to the end but i so one of the things that i no, I'm good. Oh yeah. Drink. Thank you. One thing that I would ask, um, my observation, um, and I want, I want your take on it, but I, my observation of you is that, um, even when you didn't know things, like when you started working with the puppet and going into really dark humor yeah. years ago and things, and you, there was a trust or a fearlessness, uh, that I've witnessed in you. And Thanks. I'm wondering if that's something like that you were aware of or, like what gives you, what, what keeps you fearless in those places, even if there might be fear? Mm. Um, Man, I, unfortunately, like I would not call what I was doing fearlessness. It was actually kind of aggressive. It was like, I was uh, <clears throat> like, r- I felt really angry in those days and mm-hmm. I didn't, it's like the ignorance that you're talking about or the, the not wanting to look at certain parts of yourself. I think it, 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 it like it was i was sort of stumbling around right and and like the there was this idea of like oh I, like i want to be shocking yeah and and um i i don't think i'd ask myself why i want to be shocking cuz being shocking is wonderfully entertaining like yeah. i love being shocked it's so exciting it's so cool but I want to like when if I'm being shocked or if I'm being like like if I'm around like some blasphemer uh, like who is adept at that kind of sorcery 
that's cool. I mean, it's scary. It's weird to be around. It's what, what we call dark comedy or whatever is like, has within it something that's just incredibly beautiful. You know, if you're around someone who's like really good at doing it, like uh, some of the greats, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's it's like being in the workshop of some kind of warlock as they're summoning demons. Except the right. demons are the jokes, and right. and and and. But what's so and and it doesn't feel safe, and it it. it but it, it it within that sort of wrapped up in it is this kind of love. So it does feel safe, but you know, you shouldn't feel safe, but it is safe. It's right. hilarious. Just like you, if you were watching a, 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 an adept warlock summoning demons, uh, <clears throat> but somehow behind it is love. Somehow behind it is like a reflection of gold. Wow. That's cool. But I don't know, man. I, I think, I think if anything, I was like that it was a bit of a, I was, it was, it was not, I would love to be a hero in this case. I loved doing it mm -hmm. and I didn't, and the fear I felt was not the normal kind of fear. It was more a sense of fraudulence, mm -hmm. you know, and I was trying to kind of like compensate for the fraudulence, the sense of being a fraud or not deserving to be on stage by, uh, being extreme, mm. you know, and, and somehow by like, be, like being extremely weird or using a puppet, which I would still do the puppet, but now if I did the puppet, it would have more of a uh, uh, a reason behind it that I understood. It mm -hmm. wouldn't be just because I didn't want to acknowledge the fact that I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel funny. I didn't feel like I deserved to be at the comedy store. I didn't feel like I deserved to be around so many great comedians. I didn't yeah. feel like I felt like I had like stumbled into something that maybe I didn't need to be there. Maybe I shouldn't be there. And maybe it would be better for me to like stay quiet and not make stuff. And maybe I wasn't an artist and maybe I, 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 I I'm not one of the people who gets to make stuff. I'm one of the people who watches people make stuff. And mm. so because of that, that produces an imbalance and the imbalance will produce a distortion and the distortion will produce a kind of comedy that some people call dark. Right. But similar, like with these ridiculous synthesizers I have here, they're so complex, but when you start messing around with them, there's so many of them. And when you start messing around with them, it, it's like way easier to make sinister sounding stuff than it is to make har harmonic, beautiful sounding stuff. Right. Right. It's so much easier to be sinister. It's so much easier to be depraved. It's so much easier to be dark. It's so easy, yeah. you know, on a synthesizer. Right. You know, and, and maybe in life <laughs> and maybe in life, you know, but, 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 uh, I, I think, you know, within what I just said could be a judgment against like dark comics. When I've seen the great dark comedians, there is a harmony in that darkness. Yeah, for sure. There is a resonance. There is a beauty and intentionality. There's something in it that's so amazing. And so uh, like, whether they like it or not, beautiful. Yeah. The darkness is beautiful absolutely, and they're uncovering the light within the darkness. And so, yeah, so no, I would not call what I did, uh, fearless. If anything, I would call it fear fueled. Okay. Well, that's cool. Cause it's amazing how it looks and then how it feels right. Are two different things, two different things, two different things. We're at a masquerade. We're in a masquerade. We can't be too confused because some people are very good at crafting their masks, but I hope that we're all bars of gold. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's the belief I'm going to hold on to. We are. We are. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the other really cool thing about this ridiculous party that we're at is the masks people are wearing are made of mirrors. Right. And so what's so beautiful is that as we begin to uncover the gold in us and take our masks off, then suddenly it looks like everyone around us is made of gold. Yeah. And suddenly the masks that once seemed so incredibly terrifying, like they were judging us or hating us, they stopped seeming like that. And we realized we were just looking at our own mask. Yeah. I love it. I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I know we got to wrap up. Let's so wrap up. Well, where, where, I mean, where can people find you? Just my podcast, the Duncan Trussell family, our podcast. I have a child coming right now, so not much. Like in about 10 minutes or almost and, like I, she could be delivering, she could be delivering the baby right now. Yeah. Oh my God. And we've, <laughs> but yeah. at any moment it could come. That's so, exciting. so yeah, I thank you. And I am so overjoyed uh, about it. And I just can't believe I get to be, in this situation and uh it's so nice to hang out with you man i wish no, i it's so got cool. to spend more time this is fun i yeah i i'm glad we got to spend some time I, I miss seeing you i'll and, be back at the store soon i just good. gotta get this baby stuff and you know, oh, my yeah. dad just died i had to uh, grieve a little yeah, bit so totally once i get into a once i get my ass against the rock i'll come and start yelling about it again good <laughs> good i want to hear about the rock well check us out on uh, twitter facebook um, Instagram and all those social media things that I never remember. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And Duncan, man, it's great. Great Good chatting you. with you. All right. Talk soon. Talk soon. How did you say?